Good morning. It's Randall with the Big Ball of Twine podcast, episode 49. Well, here we go after a long uh, four weeks of not recording something. I'll explain that when you start the podcast. But today we're going to talk about um, our thinking, our agreements that we make with our thinking and how we create our futures based on our agreements of our thoughts. What is what we think driving us to the future and the agreement that we make with our thoughts to create their momentum, their ongoing motion. So let's uh, strap in and see where that goes today. Well, good morning. Well, it's morning here anyway. Um, wanted to get back rolling in the new year. I have been uh, quite busy over the last few weeks. My father passed of ALS a couple weeks ago, and um, there was a lot of um, time spent helping him pass and being there for him and taking care of his affairs afterwards. Um, to say, since this has kind of been part of this podcast for a while, to kind of not leave that hanging out there. He passed peacefully on the 5th, and um, I was with him by his side, and it was peaceful and calm, and he was prepared and actually quite ready to be on to the next journey, whatever that is for him onto his next journey and in the process of that happening over the last three weeks four weeks a lot of course came up for me in my world a lot of um, thoughts and feelings Um, overall I just feel relieved my dad had been suffering quite a bit for quite some time and he is no longer suffering in that way Uh, It brought up to me uh, a lot of the ways we do suffer, and it reminded me that we make agreements with ourselves in a lot of ways to suffer. We make agreements, we make um, ideas and notions, and then we agree to ourselves to keep them in line, to keep them in force, in power, and we don't step out of those agreements. So that's what I like to talk about today is agreements that we make with ourselves. I know we've talked about it before, but it's really a huge part of our own suffering isn't outside of ourselves. A huge part is actually inside of ourselves. The part of us that chooses at some level to not question our own thoughts, make assumptions, build stories, and then suffers. Our own mind does that, and without us even knowing it, we see something that happens or we experience something, um, and we build a story, and then we don't question the story anymore. We just decide that's the way things are, and then, geez, (laughs) the fucking snowball we can create out of that story 
and the things that we can imagine but by creating that story are kind of unbelievable. And they are unbelievable to me. What you build in your head is unbelievable to me because I would not build the same story from the same event or the same experience. I would build a different story. I would build my story based on all of my past and my experiences in the world and my past stories I already believe that then build a new story from all the old stories. I think that's where we get the, the concept of karma. Uh, I've heard karma stated in a lot of ways and I don't really know what the original intention of the people who developed the word is. It's a very old concept and you know the idea of karma being punitive that's a real friendly one um, if I do something bad I will have something bad come back and punish me if I do something good then I'm going to get some good out of it I, to me that's not karma that's wishful thinking that's a that's a, a story we make up and we believe and you can you can build a story and then believe it and then start to see things around it that support it you can build a story that then you can support with uh, other data in your world that seem to point to making that story true we do that all the time we're verifying our own story we're we're validating it as it were it's really easy to validate our stories we can look around and we can find news that validates our story. We can find opinions, social media, other people, friends, to validate our stories so that we can say, well, that story is true. And when there's rolling around in my head that is unquestioned, unlooked at, is then verified because we can find a way to, to support that. So karma can be a way that we do that. I've also heard karma has a more simplified idea where it's just, uh, I think in Buddhist teachings it's called dependent arising, where if this, then that, then that, then that, then that, where if we do something, say something, act in a certain way, we start to put in motion the results of that action that doing becomes more doing and more action and so if you step back for a second and and just look at well if I do this thing in X way and it goes in that direction all these things start to cascade in front of it um, like a domino right dominoes when you stack them up and you knock them all down there's a place when people are building domino like artwork where they have Y's in the road or W's in the road or uh, many intersections in the front of a single path and you travel down that path that you're thinking and then you do something and if you pick one of ten different things you're going to get ten, a different result from the other nine that you did from one of those so it's not necessarily punitive or judgmental it's just kind of the simple fact of um, what they call dependent arising. Something arises out of some dependency that had to happen. It depends on this, therefore this happens. So if what you did, if you have five choices and you 
choose one of them, you will get all the consequences and results of that one that one choice. Whereas if you take one of the other ones, you set in motion another path. So that's the way I see karma is I don't believe it's punitive. I don't believe in a uh, one for one. You do something bad, you pay a price. Punitive karma. I just believe in you do something and it has results. And then you've got to live with them until you repair it or fix it or choose a different path. And I know for me, I've, I've done things in the past that didn't turn out well. And I don't look back and go, well, I was being punished for that. I wasn't being punished. I just set in motion the ideas and the, the physicality of that decision. And things started to happen after that. If this, then that, 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 and that, and that, and that, and that through a lifetime. And these are the agreements we make with ourselves. We might put into motion an idea or an activity or a project or whatever. And that then becomes the thing, the that, in the if that, if this, then that. If I do a project in a certain way, and it will have an outcome, and then that outcome is because I did it a certain way. I chose to do things in a certain way, and our thoughts are that way. If we choose to believe a certain thought in a certain way, then that creates a reality for ourselves. It creates the way we see the world from now until um, forever, maybe. I don't know. I'm brought to this because of my dad, and uh, I watched him do things right up to the very end of his life that I thought, wow, he's just really believing his, his story up to the very end. And he was a very politically minded person. And I would have thought that at some point, uh, at some point, he would have uh, let that down, let the guard down, closed the drawbridge on that, and moved forward into his passing time. But he did not. He was watching the news, his political news, right up until about an hour before he passed. He was still thinking about these things that were going to go on without him. And I'm not one to judge how how someone does something. That's not why I'm here. I'm just pointing out how this happened and what it looked like to me. Not judgmentally, but just noticing how I do the same thing and then making other choices is what I'd like to do. Um, so his choice to watch his political news shows all morning long when he knew he was going to pass that day, it wasn't until an hour or so before that he turned his TV off and went and lay down in his bed and was pretty much ready to go. Um, I wonder, because that's what my mind does, I wonder what his experience was. Did he finally at the very end go, well, i got to let that go? Or was he still thinking about how his political party might continue on in the future? Was he, um, was he scared for the world? Was he, um, was he happy with how it was going? I don't know because 
his voice was almost non-existent the last few weeks and he had to use a calm device to type out the words and then it would talk to me or I could just watch him type it out and infer what he was saying so he could go on to the next sentence was quite difficult at the end to discuss things or learn things or say the things he needed to say but I think he said what he needed to say to me I'm just left with I don't know what he was thinking about certain particular things but I'm curious and he had an agreement in his mind to continue watching the news about events he could not change could not affect any change in those events or those news events first of all because they're in the past news is all about the past it's even if you're watching a live feed you are only seeing it in the past because it's already happened and so he was watching his news and getting a view of the past and I wonder what he was thinking about that and he was agreeing to do that with himself he was making that agreement to continue down that path right up to the very end of his life and like I said I'm not here to judge him he did exactly what he needed to do and I appreciate that he was willing to do what he wanted to do I just question in my mind when I'm doing those kinds of things is this really what I want to be doing or is this just some agreement I've made with myself that has some perpetual motion to it some momentum that carries me and my thoughts forward in that particular direction you might say that this podcast is that way I have made an agreement that these podcasts are helpful for me and hopefully helpful for the people that listen to them for you and so I make an agreement in my mind that believes that that might be true and because I believe that might be true that sets in motion the idea of creating one the creation of a podcast the idea that comes out of me and that then creates space for this to happen it's an agreement that has a consequence right if then this this and this if then that then that, then that, right? It's really all about that because it's in the past tense. Everything we experience is, you know, a quarter of a second behind in our reality what's actually happening. Even though people say, oh, let's live in the moment. You're not really living in the moment. You're living in a split second of the past, always in the past. We don't live in the future. We don't live in the present, really. Our minds don't work that way. We have to process the future as it's coming at us, becoming the present, and the present is always a split second in front of us. Kind of lost my train of thought there for a second. I wandered past the person I see out here a lot who I haven't seen in a while because I've been out of town with my dad and just saying hi to him. Um, yeah, the thought that the past is always what we see and that's an agreement that we have to deal with in our world as humans we don't actually live in the exact present ever we never live in the future we might think we are we might think we're planning we make an agreement you might say that we're planning for the future 
but we have no clue what the future brings. We can try to, we can try all we want to make the world the way we want it. And, you know, we do. Like right now, my stomach is hungry, and now when I get home, I'll eat. But I don't know for a fact that's true. I don't know for a fact when I get home, I will eat and be less hungry. I don't know that. It's what my actions are getting me to. I'm preparing for that. It's exactly what I'm preparing to do. Eventually, after I'm done with this walk, I'm going to get home, and I'm going to eat, and I'm going to start my work day. Because that's what I want to do. That's my plan. But that's a plan that I have made an agreement on that may or may not happen. This is how the mind works. It makes ideas. And we do things to get toward that idea. But there is often a very different result. Like I might get home and find out, I don't know, it goes against what's true. I have cereal and I have some almond drink to put in there. So what if I get home and find out, oh, I forgot I'm out of almond drink and I don't have it. Well, that's a different future than I planned. Not good or bad, just different. And then I'll deal with that future, that oncoming present and then past. I don't pretend to know how our minds work. I don't pretend to be an expert. But I have spent a lot of time thinking about my thoughts and pondering and and wondering um, why this is. Why is it that our minds work in this way as humans? So I was talking with my my sweet friend the other day about this very thing. Why do we think the things we do as a species? What is the evolutionary benefit of suffering? What is the evolutionary benefit of the ideas that we have, the agreements that we have, that we choose to use, that we choose to keep functioning and pedaling forward in our lives, that make us suffer? Why is that the human condition? So, with those questions, I, I don't have an answer. I'm not an expert, and I, I don't, wouldn't even begin to know how to do the research for that. Maybe someone has done that. And again, like all human thought, we can create, let's say, research, a scenario. We can study it. And then we make agreements about what it means. What does it mean? What does the data that we've gathered mean? And like everything else on the planet, every person's going to look at that data differently. Some people will not understand how to look at the data at all and just say, that's a bunch of gibberish. I don't care what that says. Someone else might say, uh, I infer this from all that data. And another person who's in the same field might say something different. Well, I infer this from that data. And I'm not saying the data is wrong in any way. I'm just saying we, we have different stories about what we experience. And when you experience a research project's data, the actual results as they are presented, my way of looking at that is to question, well, who did the study? Not necessarily looking for it to be biased right off the bat, but I just know that it is. It is biased towards the group or the person who did the study. It has been crafted by that person or group. 
and they did the study with certain ideas and hypotheses, and they have published it with words created out of their minds and their stories. And so I'm not usually swayed by research because I think about it. I think about who did this come from and what was their intention and how are they suffering in the world. Um, Nobody does much of anything that they haven't been guided to by their past. So just yesterday I went through a bout of feeling um, unlovable and unworthy and it was quite difficult. I was triggered by my ex Um, One of the few people that can do that to me anymore, that my mind is working very hard to work past, but still I struggle with that. It was a place in me that's very um, childlike. I was, as a child, taught that I was a disappointment to my parents. And it was spoken to me, it was demonstrated to me. And so I have a story that when somebody says certain things in a certain way, then I feel unworthy, unlovable, a disappointment. Those are the places my mind goes through the experience of a lifetime. So when I see research about a thing, I wonder what their experience was in the world that guided them into the space where they're doing research about this particular thing. Nothing happens without something before it. There's always a thing before the other thing. Um, People say, well, where'd you come up with that idea? You know, maybe somebody might say, where did Thomas Edison come up with the idea for the light bulb? Or da Vinci come up with the idea for a helicopter? Like, did it just create itself out of thin air? I don't believe so. I believe we have a shared idea of things. And through our experiences, through our nurturings and our experiences and our our belittlings and whatever, certain switches then come on and off in our minds and we are available to those ideas. I think the idea for a helicopter may have been in every person's mind back in those days, in the Leonardo da Vinci days. It was in everyone's mind, but for some reason, it clicked on in his mind. It it was in everybody's DNA at some level. I'm not sure anything that comes in the future is actually new. It's just newly discovered, right? We say it's been discovered. Somebody discovered this idea or this theory or... I mean, a good example is we say we discovered a land like settlers came to America and they discovered the West. No, no. It had been there before, right? We can make that argument that there were other people living there and they knew it was there. Did the people before them discover that land? It depends on what reality you want to choose to believe. Uh, The animals would argue that they were there before the people. We have scientific evidence that tells us that animals and creatures that walked on things, little four legs and slithered around on their bellies and whatnot were here before people. Again, you have to believe in that story. You have to believe in the idea that that story is true, that that theory of 
what came first and what came second and on and on is a theory you want to believe in, an agreement you make with yourself. I agree to believe that before um, Eastern settlers came across America, there were Native Americans there and the Native peoples were there for a, a time and we we have what we think is evidence that the people that came to be Native Americans crossed from what is now Russia into Alaska. You see, you have to subscribe to those beliefs for that theory to make sense. You have to make an agreement with yourself to believe that that is true. And once you believe that is true, then you start to paint the world in a way that looks like that. Right, so there are people that believe um, that God came, God, universe, source, Gus, right? We've talked about Gus before. Gus showed up in whatever way he did, and he built the world, because it's a he in the books, right? He built the world. What a ridiculous concept that is. What, what, a, what a story that is to believe, that God is a, has a male entity that somehow... He didn't need a female to do this work. He just did it on his own. That's the story, right? That's the one that they teach. God being a he, not an entity, but a he, not a she, um, became this thing that then created the earth, and some people say, in seven days. Bing, bang, boom, seven days. Now, we don't know what seven days was. Uh, one day might have been 10 million years, and another day might have been 30 million years. We don't really know that, but... You know, Reader's Digest condensed version, maybe. And in that way, there's people believing in that story. That's the story they subscribe to. That's the story they are sticking to. And then, it, therefore, it creates the world around them. You fabricate up the world around you based on the uh, stories that you believe, that you have made an agreement to believe. So, I think I might have babbled on long enough about this maybe you see where I'm going with this and understand it and maybe it's baffling to you um, I would just ask that you take some time to look at your stories and look at your beliefs about your stories and see how they might be mm, how do I want to put this I don't want to say holding you back because maybe your stories aren't holding you back maybe your stories are just barriers to other ways of believing and thinking and moving forward so are they in the way maybe are they hurting you quite possibly are they hurting the people around you yep that's possible but more than likely a lot of your beliefs your thoughts that you subscribe to are simply that they're just thoughts that keep you in a certain mindset and therefore lock you into a certain future reality. My reality has changed a lot in the last uh, seven years, I guess. Coming up on seven years since my life took a big swing in a different direction. Um, I have chosen over that time to really look at how my life turned out and how I was going to do it differently in the future. And this is one of the ways I do it differently. I look at how I think. I look at the ideas, the notions, the, the ways that I create my future realities. 
and and look at how they are actually playing out. Are they good for me? Are they holding me back? Are they ones I want to continue to subscribe to? I'm okay with this thought, not okay with that thought. Or I'm having a thought and I need to question it. Like feeling unlovable and uh, like a disappointment yesterday. That is how I felt yesterday. That is the way that my mind went. And it did take a while for me to, first of all, notice that I was feeling that way. I had to notice that my body was a knot and I was angry and frustrated and I felt small and insignificant and frustrated. felt a lot of things yesterday. And once I noticed what I was thinking, I was able to question it. Why am I thinking this way? What has, what has brought this to my attention that I need to listen to? My body was telling me there's something going on. Pay attention, please. So that's what I chose to do. I chose to pay attention to my thinking. Those were my choices. I chose to use the last seven years of my collective thoughts and ideas and step back for a moment and ask myself, is it true that I am these things that I'm feeling? Is it true? Am I actually this person right now? Or is this just a, a way that my life has gone right this moment and I am lost in these thoughts? And so when I was able to question my thoughts and notice that it's not true that I'm unlovable, it is not true that I am a disappointment. Other people might think I'm unlovable and a disappointment, but that is their reality. That is not the basis of truth. That is simply someone else's opinion. That is not a reality that I subscribe to, oh, but only occasionally. <laughs> Yeah, I can fuck myself up too. Um, I'm not immune to being a human. I'm not immune to the ways of the mind. I just want to look at it differently and choose a different life. So I'd like you to do that too. I'd like you to take a look at the ways that you um, create your reality, question your agreements with yourself, question the ideas that make you go in certain directions and maybe you'll see that there's other ways to do these things I know you'll see there's other ways and then I would, I would challenge you to try something different believe something different try a different thought create a different reality that works more in alignment with what you want and not what you've been just doing so with that I'm going to leave you today thanks for listening and uh, we'll catch you next time Hey, thanks for listening today. Just want to remind you that as you leave to hit the subscribe or follow or whatever button your software has so you can hang out with me and listen when you feel like it and be alerted when when I stick something out there you might want to listen to. If you have a question that you'd like me to address maybe on the podcast or maybe just privately, send an email to bbot podcast at gmail.com. 
Thanks for coming in and listening. I hope you have a great day, and I hope you treat yourself and others kindly.